tortoise. Hello, I'm Tomini, and this is The Sensemaker from Tortoise. One story every day to make sense of the world. Today, Boris Johnson spent two days giving evidence to the COVID inquiry. What did we discover about how the former Prime Minister dealt with the pandemic? That's after a short break. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Over two days last week, Boris Johnson gave evidence to the COVID inquiry. His evidence came at the end of Module 2, which is examining decisions made by the government and the key advisers during the pandemic. I swear by Almighty God that the evidence I shall give shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. The chair of the inquiry, Heather Hallett, started by ticking the former Prime Minister off for leaking to the press some of what he was going to say. Mr Keith, before we start, uh, I'd like to express my concern about reports in the press over the last few days of the contents of Mr Johnson's witness statement to the inquiry and what his evidence will be. Uh, Until a witness is called and appears at a hearing or the inquiry publishes the witness's statement, it's meant to be confidential between the witness, the inquiry and the core participants. Failing to respect confidentiality undermines the inquiry's ability to do its job fairly, effectively and independently. But nevertheless, the former Prime Minister's evidence was revealing in many different ways. In other evidence sessions, witnesses have claimed Boris Johnson didn't care or didn't seem able to grasp the danger and potential horrors of the virus ripping through the UK especially when it came to the elderly. Here's Andrew O'Connor, one of the inquiry's lawyers, reading out a WhatsApp Boris Johnson sent to his advisers in October 2020. I must say I've been slightly rocked by some of the data on COVID fatalities. The median age is 82 to 81 for men, 85 for women. That's above life expectancy, so get COVID and live longer. Hardly anyone under 60 goes into hospital. I no longer buy all this NHS overwhelmed stuff. Folks, I think we may need to recalibrate. And you say, all understood. But how does this change the policy, still not politically viable, to change course? He says it shows we don't go for nationwide lockdown. But in his evidence, Boris Johnson said he didn't back what his chief scientific advisor, Patrick Vallance, called a let-it-rip strategy and insisted he had aimed to save human life at all ages. To say that I didn't care about the, the suffering that was being inflicted on the country is simply uh, not right. Boris Johnson admitted that the government should have realised earlier than it did just how fatal the pandemic could end up being. I mean, we, we, we should, have, we should have, have twigged, we should collectively have twigged uh, much sooner. 
I shouldn't have tweaked. According to the Office for National Statistics, between 2020 and 2022, more than 100,000 people over the age of 80 died from COVID in the UK. Over the last few months, ministers, advisers and senior civil servants have given evidence to the inquiry and criticised how Boris Johnson ran number 10. Here's the lead counsel to the inquiry, Hugo Keith KC, summarising some of what has been said. Mr Johnson, without labouring the point, a great deal of evidence has been given to the effect that there were systemic problems in number 10 and the Cabinet Office. Wrong people in the room, wrong people in the wrong jobs, people talking over each other, God complex, leadership issues, toxicity, misogyny, um, perpetual internecine warfare. According to the country's most senior civil servant, Simon Case, those problems meant lots of top-draw people had refused to come and work at Downing Street because of how toxic the operation had become. In his evidence, Boris Johnson was clear he didn't recognise this view. On the issue of my um, rest of my team and the, the, the culture in, in number 10, Yes, it was, it was occasionally argumentative, but I think that was no bad thing. And uh, we, we, we needed, frankly, to have a, uh, an atmosphere in which people felt able to say things that were going to be controversial at the time. Boris Johnson was asked by the inquiry about the parties which were held at Number 10 during lockdown. I continue to regret very much what happened, but... I, I really want to emphasise, and you talk about the impression, the, the version of events that has entered the popular consciousness about what is supposed to have happened in Downing Street is a million miles from the reality of what actually happened in Number 10. He said media coverage of Partygate and how his staff behaved was a travesty of the truth. We'll have more after the break. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Questioning turned to Boris Johnson's actions in September 2020, as infection numbers rose again. The government's scientific adviser and chief medical officer were both recommending a circuit breaker lockdown. Was your position, Mr Johnson, that in light of your views secretly held about people dying having reached their time anyway, that you were obliged to reject the advice of your advisers that there be a circuit breaker? No. That there be no national lockdown until the no. last possible moment? No. And that you this would try a tier system? No. No. Uh, no. So the implication of... Uh, the, or the implication that you're, you're trying to draw from those conversations is uh, completely wrong. And... My position was that we had to save human life at all ages. And uh, that was the objective of the, of the strategy. 
And, and by the way, um, uh, that is what we did. Boris Johnson didn't announce a second national lockdown until October 31st, 2020. Experts believe this delay cost thousands of additional lives. Here's Professor John Edmonds, an epidemiologist and a member of the group of scientists known as SAGE, speaking to Tortoise. We had the epidemic that we chose to have. And I say we, I mean, <laughs> I don't really mean me, but I mean we as a country, as our, you know, our elective. We had the epidemic that was chosen for us from that point onwards, from the sun, summer of 2020. With these exceptions of when, when, when there was a, you know, an external shock produced by, by the virus. But mostly we got, we got what we um, paid for. Why does all of this matter? Well, as Boris Johnson himself repeated multiple times in his evidence. So I take personal responsibility for all the decisions that we made. He also argues that he got all the big decisions right. But for the families of those who lost loved ones or are suffering from the effects of long COVID, this may not be enough. As Boris Johnson gave his evidence, one woman held up a sign saying, Boris Johnson killed my husband. It will be up to the inquiry to decide to what extent that is true. Thank you for listening to The Sensemaker from Tortoise. This episode was written by Phoebe Davis. It was mixed by Emmy Harper. To learn more about the government's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic, listen to Unforgivable, Boris Johnson and the Second Wave on the Slow Newscast, wherever you get your podcasts. Tortoise.